It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business. And I'm your host, Shalom Klein. And remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. Let's jump right in. I am so thrilled, so honored to uh, be joined by uh, Scott Miller, the Executive Vice President of Thought Leadership at Franklin Covey. And I have to admit, Scott, I, uh, I'm, I'm humbled because I know you are the host of uh, the Franklin Covey Sponsored on Leadership with Scott Miller, the host of a weekly radio program, Great Life, Great Career with Scott Miller, um, So, uh, and as well as authoring a weekly leadership column for Inc. Magazine. So that's a lot over there. Welcome, Scott Miller. Shalom. Thank you for the spotlight and the platform. Honored to join you today. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart, something I speak about frequently on the program, um, which is mentorship. But before we get there, uh, Scott, I want our listeners to get to know uh, the man behind the microphone. So, uh, Scott, how did you uh, end up in this sort of role? I love your title, Vice President, Executive Vice President of Thought Leadership. What does that mean and how did you get there? So I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and for 25 years, I've been privileged to work with the Franklin Covey Company, the world's largest and I think most influential leadership development firm. I was the chief marketing officer for a decade and then transitioned over to lead what is their thought leadership. My job is to make sure that the world knows about all of our expertise around productivity, strategy execution, building a high trust culture, how to be a great leader and mentor, whether it be through podcasting, radio programs, writing books, being keynote speakers at conferences. So my job is to lead that worldwide strategy so everybody who's in the need to know knows how we might help them. Absolutely. And you authored a brand new book called Master Mentors 30, Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. Um, and I know it just came out last month. And in that inspiring book, um, you've chatted with folks like uh, Susan Cain, General Stanley McChrystal, Trent Shelton, Seth Godin, uh, so many folks. But let's start with the basics over here. Uh, mentorship. What is a mentor? And does it always have to be a very formal relationship? Well, I think that's the key question, right, is uh, mentors can be formal or informal. This could be someone older than you or perhaps even someone younger than you. This person could actually be in a different business or had a very different journey. I think what makes a mentor a mentor is someone that has wisdom. They've got lessons learned, successes and failures that they can help you adopt them into your own journey. And this might be that you're an entrepreneur, or perhaps you're developing a career in an organization or military, and you want to know what are some of the mistakes and the successes somebody else has had. A mentor is someone that is, does not try to turn their mentee into a junior version of them, to quote Austin Powers, a mini-me. This is someone that really can take their journey, their lessons, and then figure out how could you apply these on your own journey. It's, it's really the difference between being smart 
and being wise. Mentoring Absolutely. is wise. Absolutely. And now more than ever, time is precious. Um, we're all running, 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 trying to be very reactive and be the best firefighter that we can be. So what are the benefits of having a mentor? Uh, and what are the benefits of being a mentor? Well, I think in some cases they're self-evident, right? I don't know anybody who hasn't had a successful career that wasn't mentored by someone that was perhaps more successful, had had more bankruptcies, that had more startups go sideways. I think a lot of people think a mentor is someone who's an expert in success. It's not true. I don't know about you, but I learned more about how to stay married from those who had divorces. I learned more about how to build my career than those that have had bankruptcies. So all of us should be surrounding ourselves by mentors, maybe formal or informal. And of course, the value of being a mentor is just the inherent goodness of giving back, of helping people avoid the mistakes you've made, or if you discovered a great insight around building relationships or building you know, a business or your own leadership strengths and weaknesses, these are gifts you can give to people. In fact, mentoring also is providing people feedback on their own blind spots helping them understand what it's like to work with or for them, how to improve their communication style, how to be more trustworthy. I know many successful people like the ones you mentioned and those featured in my book, Master Mentors, that just want to give back. They want to help the next generation avoid the mistakes that they made themselves and replicate what they've learned that's positive. Uh, that's that's powerful stuff. Again, I'm chatting with the executive vice president of thought leadership at Franklin Covey and the author of a new book, Master Mentors. Um, that's uh, that is Scott Miller. And, um, uh, you know, sticking on that theme of covid and, you know, I mentioned that time is limited. And I agree with you wholeheartedly that uh, that mentorship is is powerful and dynamic, especially when it's real, when it's real and, and authentic. Um, so let's stick on that personal side. Who has been your mentor and how has it impacted your life and how has it continued throughout uh, throughout the pandemic? Well, I've had many, right? I'm 53 and I can, I can think of probably a dozen names that I could legitimately share a story about each of them. One that comes to mind is a name that you mentioned. One of the 30 master mentors in the book is a man named Seth Godin, has one of the largest follow blogs in the world, has written 40 plus books, one of the best-selling marketing minds in the world. And Seth has taken me under his wing, so to speak, was that was a guest on my podcast, what is now the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. And Seth taught me the difference, Shalom, of being reckless and being fearless. And I think for many years, I thought I was being fearless, but in many ways, I was being reckless, always saying what was on my mind, calling out a perceived injustice or, you know, addressing the elephant in the room. And I think in some cases, I became a little bit of the constant antagonist, the devil's advocate on everything. And it was Seth Godin who taught me perhaps I was masquerading as being fearless when I was really being reckless, reckless with my brand, reckless with somebody else's feelings or their reputation. And so one of the mentored outcomes of my relationship with Seth has been understanding when to be reckless, which is hardly ever, and when to be fearless, which is often. Absolutely. And uh, life evolves, Scott. Um, certainly uh, the place that you were in, you mentioned you're, you're in your 50s, uh, the place that you were in uh, in your 20s is likely completely different than where you are right now. So Talk us through the different sort of stages of mentorship and when is it time to seek a new mentor in your career? 
you know, all of us are trying to get something done, whatever that is, to find that for yourself. And you should select a mentor that can help you get that thing done. It might be that you're trying to launch a side hustle. Maybe you're perhaps trying to become a leader of people. Maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're taking your business to the next level. Maybe you're the owner of a business and you realize that your strength is not leading people and you're looking for someone to replace you so that you can become the chief visionary, the chief fundraiser, the chief sales officer. I think you find a mentor for the phase of life that you're in. I'll tell you one thing that is consistent no matter what it is you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. Mentors can help you understand the power of relationships, the power of recognizing that this is everyone's biggest strength. Every company is now a technology company and every company is in the same business. They're in the business of relationships. And I think generally speaking, mentors are often more successful, in some cases, wealthier, more educated, not always, but they really, they really recognize that it all comes down to relationships. So you'll find a different mentor for a different phase of your life, but mentoring should always be about helping you see your own blind spots and what are your areas of strength and your own areas of growth and that phase of your life personally and professionally. And you just touched on uh, on something very important, whether you're challenged, affirmed, informed, or inspired master mentors. Um, definitely will uh, will help you experience that transformative shift in your personal mindset, your life skill set, and your career tool set. You mentioned about marriage. That's certainly something uh, that I think a lot of folks think of mentorship as something that's strictly professional. And uh, again, Scott Miller, you've touched on uh, on on how mentorship can really uh, impact you. And I can't encourage our listeners strongly enough to pick up a copy of Master Mentors. So um, we are just out of just about out of time. And um, again, Scott Miller, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find you and find the book. Can you uh, tell our listeners uh, what website they can go to? Sure. Shalom. Again, thank you for your abundance, letting me come on the program. Uh, You can visit me at scottjeffreymiller.com. You can subscribe to the podcast I host on the Leadership with Scott Miller at that same website. You can also buy the books that I've written on any major website, any major book retailer, Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes and Noble. And you can also follow me on all the major social platforms. I'm pretty active on Instagram, Facebook, and also on LinkedIn. All right, fantastic. Well, I'm excited for uh, for, for the book. Uh, definitely, uh, it is a game changer for sure, Master Mentors. And Scott Miller, don't be a stranger from us here and Get Down to Business. Uh, I look forward to uh, visiting with you again soon. I'm sure there will be many more books, podcasts, and, uh, and all sorts of great content available. We're going to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. When we return, we've got some more conversations for you, so don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm ex- I've been excited for this conversation. Adam Kahane joins me, and he is the author of a fantastic, his newest book, Facilitating Breakthrough, How to Remove Obstacles, Bridge Differences, and Move Forward Together. So collaboration is certainly hard even in the best of times, but we are living in a deeply polarized world, and it's become nearly impossible According to uh, the Edelman Trust Barometer in 2021, more than half of Americans, a full 57%, believe the U.S. is in a cold civil war. So joining us to discuss, again, Adam Kahane. Adam, welcome to the program. Thank you, Shalom. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. So your work has been praised by uh, Nobel 
Peace Prize winners, Nelson Mandela and Juan Manuel Santos. And uh, you understand the thing or two about collaboration. Um, but let's get started with the basics. Adam, how did you, uh, how did you develop your background in this space? Well, uh, quite by accident, uh, I studied physics and economics, used to work for big companies. And uh, 30 years ago, almost to the day, I got involved in facilitating a group in South Africa, uh, right in the middle of the transition to democracy. And it was a group that included all kinds of people that didn't agree with or like or trust each other, politicians, business people, uh, community activists. And my big discovery, which blew my mind, was that if you set things up right, it is possible uh, to work uh, in those groups and do creative and fun and influential work. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. Amazing. And um, I'm very passionate about uh, about collaboration. So I just want to go to the basics over here. And, and um, why would we ever want to work with somebody we don't trust or like or agree with? Essentially, it's collaborate with the enemy. Aren't there better ways of getting things done and just sort of staying in our silos, the people that, that, we, that we like and get along with? Well, I have a pragmatic approach to this. If you can get uh, where you're trying to go, just working with your friends and colleagues, uh, go for it. But increasingly often that doesn't work, even if we wish it would. And so we find we need a way to work with those other people, whether it's uh, in politics or in our community or in our organization. And so the question is, how can you do that successfully? So in your book, you share several stories of opponents working together on tough and important issues. Tell us more about that and what made those breakthroughs possible. How is your approach any different? Uh, well, I think uh, it's, it's important, the starting point of maybe I wish I didn't have to work with those people, but I think I have to. And so the starting point has to be let me at least try to understand where they're coming from. I may not agree with them. I may not see, see things the same way, but let me start by trying to understand why do they think the way they think? How can I move from starting every sentence with the, the truth is to uh, in my opinion? And, and if, if we can understand uh, why those other people are saying what they're saying, then maybe we can figure out a way uh, to move forward or find some spaces to move forward, even though we may never agree. Absolutely. And we're having this conversation in October of 2021 in an era where the world is becoming increasingly polarized on countless issues. So in what everyday settings could a person use your approach? Well, I think the obvious place is in uh, political or community conflict, but I'm equally interested in how this applies in everyday settings in organizations. How does uh, sales department work with production? How do I deal with my neighbor? Um, uh, and how do I avoid slipping from, I see things differently from them to they're wrong, to they're evil, to they're the devil. So I'm trying to find a way to de-escalate things from this increasingly common, uh, yeah, default to demonization. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Adam Kahane, who's the director of Rios Partners, an organization that helps people move forward together on their most important and intractable issues. And uh, I know, Adam, for 30 plus years, you've been facilitating teams of executives, politicians, philanthropists, generals, guerrillas, civil servants, trade unionists, community activists, clergy and artists in more than 50 countries in every part of the world. And uh, I know that your work and methods have been praised, including by Nobel Peace Prize winners Nelson Mandela and Juan Manuel Santos. Um, and you share some of those examples in the in your newest book, Facilitating Breakthroughs, How to Remove Obstacles, Bridge Differences and Move Forward Together, which is what we are talking about uh, here today. So we've talked about how all of this is very applicable um, in uh, the world that we're in right now. So what's the one key idea that you hope readers take away from your book, which we'll be uh, giving uh, our listeners some uh, contact information on as well? Well, I guess the most important idea is that it is possible. Uh, I know it. I've seen it with my own eyes hundreds of times in uh, the most extreme settings in the world, including the Colombian Civil War. Uh, uh, the work I did with with Juan Manuel Santos, um, and so if it's possible in Colombia, if it's possible in South Africa, uh, then it's possible in the ordinary settings that that we deal with in our lives. And that the first step, the first step is uh, is is to to suspend our truth about about things are this way and to just be open to other ways of understanding what's going on and what can we do about what's going on. For sure. So suppose a person came to you, uh, Adam, and said, I need to get my team working together. We're just not making any progress. Where should they start? How can they uh, essentially make an impact uh, beginning this week? Well, I, I think the place to make a start is to realize I can try to force people to do what I want them to do. And sometimes that works. doesn't work very much for me. Uh, but if I'm not going to force them to do what I want them to do, uh, if I'm not going to use uh, rely solely on my authority, then then I have to switch to the other mode, which is not bossing people around, but facilitating them. And uh, whether that's as a leader or a manager or as a peer, and 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 that requires uh, creating a a space where people can say how they see things and what they think should be done about the way things are. And, and we figure that out together. But this default to bossing people around is so strong, especially in workplaces. I find it amazing that uh, everybody expects to be free persons on the street, but except to being serfs when they get to the office. And I think there's less and less tolerance for that, especially in the current moment of what some people are calling the great resignation. <laughs> very, very true. Um, so in your book, you talk about the need to employ love, power, and justice. Those are three words that don't always go together. So just very briefly, I want to understand what you mean by that. Well, I'm using the words in a very particular way, and I'm using them deliberately. But I'm saying you need to use all three. Love is the, the drive that everybody has to connect, not be isolated, be part of something bigger. Power is the drive everybody has to contribute, to achieve their agenda. It's not a bad thing. It's an absolutely necessary thing. Nothing in the world gets done without power. And justice is the drive that almost everybody has to be treated fairly and to be in a fair world where things are equitable. So I'm arguing if you don't employ all three, you're going to remain stuck 
or doing things on your own. And if you want to collaborate, you have to keep all three of those in mind. Love, power, justice, connection, contribution, equity. That's that's all you need. Well, that's some powerful stuff again from uh, Adam Kahane, the director of Rios Partners and the author of Facilitating Breakthrough, How to Remove Obstacles, Bridge Differences, and Move Forward Together. It just came out at the end of August. And it is a fantastic read, which, was, which is why I want our listeners to uh, pick up a copy. It will uh, certainly help you in business. Uh, personally, professionally, in so many different directions. And our our, uh, our world can use a dose of uh, collaboration. So Adam, we're just about out of time. How can people uh, pick up a copy of the book and uh, get in touch with you? Well, they can uh, pick up the copy book anywhere, I guess. And you can get in touch with me at riospartners.com, R-E-O-S partners, riospartners.com. And uh, I hope they find the book useful. Absolutely. Facilitating breakthrough, how to remove obstacles, bridge differences, and move forward together. It's a great read. Adam Kahane, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insight with our listeners. We'll be sure to uh, to invite you back on to continue uh, the discussion about collaboration. And uh, be sure to check out our sponsors, uh, Tom Mirabali from Health Plan Chicago. Dot com and get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download the podcast from the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And get on your favorite podcast app, subscribe, rate, review, and share. It makes it easier for people to find the show. Um, we're going to squeeze in a quick break, some headlines. We'll be right back uh, on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. So can you believe it? We are at the uh, tail end of 2021 and we're getting close to uh, all of those important days. That's uh, Thanksgiving Day. We've got Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But don't forget about Small Business Saturday. Small Business Saturday was originally started by American Express. It's the day that falls on the Saturday after Thanksgiving every year right in between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So how can you, as a business owner, prepare for Small Business Saturday? I want to talk about it a little bit for the next few minutes. Um, The first thing that you need to is prepare your staff. Right now, start thinking about customer service best practices, whether it's in person or remotely, virtually, that you want your staff to follow and plan a day or days that you will train your employees. If you feel that you're going to be short-staffed during this holiday season, start thinking of a plan now for hiring temporary and maybe or seasonal employees. And as Small Business Saturday approaches, it may help to think of some incentives for your staff, that is. Do you have day of sales quotas that you'd like them to reach? If they reach their goals, can they get a fun incentive? You can also think of uh, team incentives if you want to encourage your employees to compete with each other. Uh, Dealing with a lot of people on one day can be stressful. Try to keep your employees happy so that they offer great customer service to your customers and consider doing things on Small Business Saturday to keep their energy up and their spirits lifted. This is your day. This is Small Business Saturday. For example, you could buy lunch for everyone that works on that day and give them maybe more rest breaks than normal so they have time to recharge and plan for safety around COVID. This year's holiday season is going to be unique. Make sure your staff is prepared to protect themselves and uh, and their customers with updated cleaning methods, proper PPE, so everyone has a positive and safe shopping experience. Be sure to check CDC guidelines for latest products protocols and procedures, and enforce social distancing practices if your store or business has a physical location. 
So let's talk about that. If you have a physical location, remember that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Preparing your physical and digital space is a great way to make a first impression and get new clients to return after Small Business Saturday. Start by preparing the store. Um, if there's maintenance or cleaning that needs to be done, take this as an opportunity to get that done before it gets too busy. You may also want to consider rearranging your store to accommodate more people to help sell your most popular and profitable items. And uh, make sure it's safe, um, if, again, um, when people come in. Um, and part of that is by helping people um, that use credit cards. I'll tell you the truth, I don't carry cash with me. So make sure your business is prepared to accept all forms of payment. And there's some really good solutions that are available. Um, make sure um, you're putting up the signage now. And this goes for the entire holiday season if you're uh, if it's regarding wearing masks or social distance. You also want to make sure, prepare your website. Because keep in mind that uh, many folks will first go to your website. Make sure page by page you're checking it, making sure that all the information is accurate and current. Maybe your phone number has changed. Are your hours still the same as the hours listed? Are there any broken links? Take the time now to assess the keywords that you're using and strategically add new ones that you want to be found for. And I want to talk about uh, keywords. You need to understand your unique selling proposition. If you don't already know what your USP, that's your unique selling proposition is, now is a great time to think about it. Basically, your USP is that thing that you do well, that your customers want, that your competition can't or doesn't offer. Once you have a clear understanding of this, you can use it in some of these next steps. And the first one is plan a promotion. Now is a good time to start planning what kind of promotion you will do for Small Business Saturday. Start by taking time now to brainstorm different ideas. Do you want to go with the simple model like offering a percentage off? Would you rather offer some kind of freebie with certain dollar amount purchased? The sky's the limit. So give yourself time to think creatively on what kind of special offers you can offer your customers on Small Business Saturday. Again, this is your day. Keep in mind that you want to keep it simple so it's easy for your customers to understand and take advantage of. Also, don't underestimate the power of lost leaders or items that you take small loss on, but that get customers in your store, they get much closer to purchasing additional items from you with a higher profit margin. And don't be afraid to partner with other businesses that complement yours. Consider partnering with other businesses to share in the cost of the marketing materials. For example, you get creative and have customers get a reward for completing a scavenger hunt when they go to multiple businesses that you've partnered with. And create a small business Saturday marketing strategy. Once you know what your special promotion is going to be and you've thought about potential marketing partners, next, think about what your marketing budget will be to get news the promotion in front of your ideal customers. Once you know what your budget is, brainstorm the various marketing strategies that you can use to spread the word. Create marketing materials. Once you know what marketing strategies and tactics you're going to use for Small Business Saturday, it's time to prepare the materials. If you're going to get any flyers or mailers printed, make sure you plan in advance to give your printer plenty of time to deliver your order. Remember, you're not the only small business planning for Small Business Saturday promotion. And even if you're going with an organic or a low-cost marketing strategy, you could use the time you have now to come up with creative social media posts with free tools like canva.com. You create a social media calendar and plan when each of your posts will go up. You can start now and create excitement about the announcement of what your Small Business Saturday promotion will be. And finally, you want to build your fans. On Small Business Saturday, think about what you can do to create raving fans. Try to surprise and delight your customers by making the shopping experience memorable. Perhaps you could throw in 
uh, a bonus item or coupon for the next purchase or have free snacks or special guests at your store if it is in person. Finally, finally, leverage your Small Business Saturday success. Rather than thinking of Small Business Saturdays one day, think of it as a launch the holiday shopping season, creating relationships with new customers, follow best practices, like getting people's contact information so you can follow up with them, send them special promotions throughout the year. Make the people who, who support your business on Small Business Saturday feel special by thanking them. And uh, I'll share more tips and advice on my website, shalomkline.com. A quick break, more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return and get down to business in a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I am joined by Angel Renee, who's the VP of Sales and Marketing at NetBlaze, which is a Chicago-based, all-in-one digital marketing solution designed to help the folks that I care about the most, that's small businesses, and that's reaching the right people on the right channels. So welcome, Angel. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure when we're talking about uh, marketing and we're talking about small business. That's exactly uh, the topics that uh, that I love and so, so passionate about. And I know I you share that passion. So let's get started with getting to know the person behind the microphone. Angel, what led you into uh, into uh, into the world of uh, of well digital marketing and uh, and uh, and tell us your story? Yeah. So a little background. Um about me, I own two small businesses myself, uh, actually a wine bar and also a real estate development company, um, I would say in a previous lifetime. And so I know the challenges, you know, I've gone through trying to do every single thing and wear so many hats and just kind of getting stressed out over the process. Um, so, so that was the first part of my story. And then Second part is I have a degree and a background in marketing. And over the years, I've kind of um, kind of transitioned from job to job, but still just always had a love to help small businesses. So kind of seek out positions that allow me to, you know, serve and help where I can the most. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you certainly understand the, uh, the, the challenges um, from living it and breathing it. And wow, what a background. What a, what a great story. And uh, so now you are the, uh, again, the VP of sales and marketing at, uh, at NetBlaze, which is uh, based in Chicago. So let's talk about the, uh, the story of the company and, uh, and how, uh, how your team got started. I've been very impressed from what I've seen. Um, and it's really important because most small business owners don't have the time to learn digital marketing, and that's where uh, that's where you and your team have uh, have come in. So, how long have you uh, have you, have you guys been around? And uh, and tell us what you're setting out to do. Yeah, so our company has been around for about five years now, and it was our CEO's vision to serve small businesses in the best way possible. He felt like there was something missing. And that, you know, small businesses can't afford a huge PR firm and a marketing firm. And so he wanted to offer something that was affordable, but also that gave them a return on investment, you know. And so we've kind of changed over the years of how we've offered our products, but it's still been that core area that we focused on. And it's kind of like the 80-20 rule of marketing. We focused on doing 20% of the things that give you 80% of the, the results, which is just helping small businesses get more people through their door, keep them, 
and increase their revenue. <laughs> That's super important. So digital marketing is something that is an anomaly uh, to <laughs> many small business owners. Uh, they come in because they're great at running their, their law practice, their accounting firm, whatever the case may be, their restaurants, um, and all of these different acronyms like SEO and SMS, these are, it, it's confusing and it's challenging. And especially now in this world of COVID where honestly, if you're not catching up to, uh, to these acronyms, you are falling behind and, and may not make it. So uh, give us the, the landscape um, uh, for our listeners here on Get Down to Business of what is digital marketing? What, what does a business need to do in 2021 to be successful and make sure that their message is being heard um, by their audience and customer base? Yeah, I think first things first, you mentioned COVID and what we noticed is those businesses that had an online presence before COVID are the ones that kind of were able to survive. And so we've helped a lot of businesses during COVID transition to the online space that weren't there. And, you know, they've realized the importance of it. So kind of digital marketing, as we say, when someone Googles for a business like yours, you want to be found in that online space. And that comes down to, you know, your, your SEO and particularly your local SEO search rankings. Social media, reviews, email and textings, all of these things are kind of social signals, per se, that help people find your business online. And I think in today's age, you know, businesses get, they want to do it all, right? They're like, oh, I should tweet. Oh, I should be on Facebook. Oh, I should be here. But we really kind of help them hone in on the specifics that help them show up. You know, our goal is to have your business show up in, in Google right when someone searches for a business like yours. Like, that's it. Absolutely. So, so, so important. And, um, and again, things are, are, are certainly changing. And definitely, uh, so many small business owners, and I hear about this all the time, are, are struggling. And the goal is you want to engage the right customers and keep them coming back. So very quickly, before, uh, before we go to break, and we will be continuing our conversation with Angel Renee, the uh, VP of Sales and Marketing at Chicago-based uh, NetBlaze, uh, I, I want to understand uh, you know, if you believe that uh, sort of there's a one-size-fits-all approach, is it the same for all the categories that I mentioned, legal, accounting, and restaurants, or is it the same categories of uh, social media that need to be utilized? Or is there sort of a different approach uh, depending on the business? Yeah, what we've realized is that it's the same across the board. And when you narrow down those like core concepts, the things that they need to focus on, um, that's when a business sees the best results. So it is the same no matter what industry they're in, no matter how niche specific it is. Um, you know, this digital marketing is still, you know, relevant to any industry. Absolutely. Well, that's great, great, great advice. And we're going to uh, dig in a little bit more on some of the actions that uh, you, our listeners, can uh, put in place to stand out from your competitors in the uh, small business environment. When we come back, we've got to squeeze in a very quick break. Again, Angel Renee, VP of Sales and Marketing at Chicago-based. NetBlaze will be joining us. We'll be right back. We've been 
chatting all about digital marketing, social media with uh, with Chicago-based NetBlaze. Um, they are a all-in-one digital marketing solution designed to help small businesses reach the right people on the right channels. And I've been chatting with uh, Angel Renee, who knows a thing or two about this topic. So, uh, Angel, we're having this conversation on a uh, Sunday evening. Uh, it's always a good time for people to put in, in, in place the steps to finish the year out strong. What is the uh, action items? What's the one thing you want our listeners to uh, put in place this week? I think the one thing that is the most important is to follow that 80-20 rule of digital marketing. Do the 20% of things that get you the highest return on results. And it's four really simple things, actually. Um, And I kind of group it into one. But just staying in front of your customers via email and text. uh, Making sure that your local SEO is kind of up to date building that brand awareness on social media, and then just getting customer feedback through reviews on the online platforms of your choice. That's great advice. And that's, uh, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Those are the things that uh, that you need to do because people will be searching for your uh, category for your industry, and you want to make sure that they're finding you, that they're uh, that they're finding you, and not your competitors. So you mentioned a couple of important things: SEO, um, search engine optimization, um, a text marketing (SMS), uh, email marketing, and of course your website. And for some businesses, it would include app development. So that's a great segue into NetBlaze. So uh, Angel, what what are some of the services that uh, that you and your very very talented team of professionals provide? So. Um... NetBlaze, we provide a full platform, a digital marketing platform, and we kind of do these things for you at the touch of the button. We do eight social media posts for you per month that are branded. We send out automatic review requests to the platforms of your choice, which is huge. The more reviews you have, the likelier someone is to click on your site and visit your place of business. And we focus on local SEO. So if I'm in Chicago, I want some. I want to show up when someone searches for a pizza place in Chicago and not so show up nationwide. So that's a huge one. And then we also provide an emailing and text platform through our dashboard. So all of these things are in one place so that it takes the hassle out of digital marketing. You don't have to guess. You don't have to do it all. We do it for you. And uh, tell us a little bit, uh, very briefly, about your uh, about your team and uh, and the experiences that they uh, that they bring uh, to ensure that as a small business owner, I don't have to learn it all myself. That I can rely on the experts. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So we have a full team based uh, remotely now since COVID throughout the U.S., Canada, and Europe. Um, we have a full social media team that I love that's here in Chicago that does everything for you, that learns about your brand and make sure that it's curated content for you. Our SEO specialists, that's all that they do. So in every category of the things that we do for you through the app, someone is very knowledgeable in that area to take that off of your hands so that you could focus on like truly doing what you do best, which is running your business, the day-to-day activities of running your business. Absolutely. Well, uh, I definitely encourage all of our listeners to get a hold of uh, Angel Renee and the team, the talented team at Chicago-based NetBlaze. Um, so we are running out of time over here, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can uh, get in touch. Angel, can you share your website, which I know is uh, fantastic, uh, because that's what you do. So uh, can you share how we can get a hold of you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So just go to netblaze.com. And right now, for all the listeners who are giving a 30-day free trial, you get all of the four areas, every single thing we do for free for 30 days with no obligation. Um, And we're just happy to help you. We want to see these small businesses survive and thrive. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the air. We'll continue to stay in touch and uh, continue to share some tips and advice with our listeners. So that's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560. The answer, get on my website, shalomkline.com. Subscribe, rate, review, and share uh, on our uh, on your favorite podcast app. You can find Get Down to Business, and we all serve wherever podcasts can be found. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer.